Hi, welcome to Elgin Movie Watchers podcast. I'm Chuck Slackton. I'm here with Steve Gould. Remember, we have a new podcast every Monday. And uh, please remember to like, subscribe, and check us out at Twitter, Elgin Movie, Instagram, Elgin Movie Watcher, and on Facebook at Elgin Movie Watcher Podcast. Who do we have this week, Steve? Boy, I'm glad you got through that. Uh, this week we got Gary Shoykit, who was uh, the triple threat for us. He not only worked at the Elgin, he was involved uh, with the creation of the Elgin Marble Film News and Comment, and he also was involved with us for Movie Watch, the video production. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun time listening to those stories. So we're looking forward to uh, finding out a little more about Gary Shoykin. Let's hear from himself. If you don't mind, Gary. Actually, I don't mind anything, Chuck. That uh, if you, we could call upon you to just maybe talk about the first time you ever had any contact with the Elgin. And why you continued. <laughs> and why I continued. Easy now, Steve. I lived two doors from the Elgin, obviously. Uh, it was a very short walk to... Uh, to w- when did you move in there? 1965, the end ah. of 1965. So the Elgin, as wow. the Elgin opened, I think, in 1967? No, 69. 69. Yeah, really. I mean, it, it evolved, but I don't know when it stops showing... Spanish language Spanish, films. Spanish language yeah. films or whatever. Somebody told me before, somebody the other day told me before that it it was it had been a porn place before the Spanish language theater. Oh. But it's full of shit anyway. So, <laughs> um, well, that could be anything. Yeah, that could oh, be no. anything. So you live next door, but... You I th- live next door. I don't remember if I went there before I started working at the health food store, which was... Oh part of the building that the Elgin was. Uh, that was Rickyard Natural Rick, Foods. Rickyard right? Natural Foods. Every single person except me who worked there is dead. Holy uh, shit. Lightening it up Steve. for Steve here. Lightening right? it up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Miriam? Miriam and, Luisi. Uh, and and uh, what Robert about was her husband. Her daughter. Her daughter. Our sister was, El- oh. Ella. I, I, see, I Actually, I do run into her. Oh shit, Elda. I, Elder. I see her at Trader Joe every now and then. So she worked there or not? I don't think she really worked there. Oh, so that's, uh, so then you, but, you know Tim and Miriam and, and Robert, and, right? They're and, all and and Tim was gone a long time now, right? Tim died was the first person I knew who died from AIDS. Yeah, I can still remember the first phone call when he said to me, he had just gotten back from Italy, where he'd been sculpting, and I said, Jesus because he really sounded awful. You sound like you're dying. And he said, I am. And he did. Yeah. About six months later. So uh, did you, uh, when you were at Brickyards, uh, ever uh, darken the door of the Elgin? Yeah, no, I did. I somehow, um, I think the first person I started talking to was probably Sherry, because I seem to remember Sherry sitting in that chair next to the concession stand. So I would, 
you know, with that sort of comfortable chair. And I'm not sure who else might have been. Maybe Lido. I'm not, I really, I'm not sure. Oh, Glenn. Glenn Campbell. Oh, Glenn, Glenn Campbell, Campbell yeah. the gynecologist. Right. Let yeah. me in, let me in, he said. They were probably the first two people who I met. And then I probably started going to see films is, is my guess. And then yeah. I moved from the health food store to the Elgin. I made a very large geographical <laughs> move. It added about three seconds to my commute <laughs> of about 15 seconds or yes. counted going down the steps, maybe a minute. And the rest is history. Are we done? No, no. no yeah, yeah. You should be so lucky. I should be so lucky. I can uh, say that, you know, all these years later, when I think about if the Elgin was still open, I might still be making $80 a week. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, well, of course, we wouldn't be open now. <laughs> no. One of my favorite things is that, that Jimmy, who works at the Joyce, mm -hmm. was one of the kids who used to sneak in. <laughs> And the nice part about that is that anytime you want to go, he'll get you in. But anyway, that was that was my beginning at, at knowing the Elgin. And you were on the concession. No, no, I, I did everything. I think I did the cashier. I did it all, you know, whatever was yeah. up there. Okay. I'm not going to tell you that I peed in that sink, though. I swear to God, I'm not telling you that. Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, we were thinking when they were renovating of getting that slop sink and bringing it over to your apartment. For, I understand why you had a long commute to get to the theater. Right. And you couldn't go down the stairs. No, he was level-headed. I was, that's yeah. right. Staying on that level. You said you started seeing movies there. So what movies jumped out at you? Uh, I don't have a clue. I have you no idea. You can't remember the movies you saw. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever we're showing, I don't know. Yeah, just put something on the screen and get Whatever it. Whatever was on the screen, you know, I could go in for nothing. Right. At the, you know, once we're in the health food store. I mean, we were tenants. So it didn't matter if it was Italian uh, Wednesdays? No, I liked or, all that stuff. I actually thought... You know, ballet films? Or... I will actually say that I think for those 10 years or nine years, yeah. it was the best theater in New York in terms of programming. There was never a better theater. And there still isn't. Yeah. Even with three screens at Film Forum, which does good yeah. stuff, yeah. this stuff was better, more interesting. Well, I think it was more egalitarian. So. Yeah. <laughs> with no snobs, right? Right. Get well, in line and shut the fuck up and wait to get up. in the theater. Wait. Light up your joint and be happy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll show That's, that. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, there were, uh, you know, we had that book out by the uh, office store and people did write uh, suggestions in the book. And sometimes we even read it, you know? <laughs> so we got a couple of uh, good ideas, but then uh, Chuck found out after we started doing uh, the marble stuff too, dropping, you know, the, the uh, program off to the UN because people at the UN that, you know, were speaking Japanese or French or Italian, really didn't have a place to go to see their movies. So. That's right. So that's important. Did yeah. we let them in? Yeah, we let them in, even oh, though they man. sometimes had a suit and tie on. I want to talk about the, 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 the film that Gary's most responsible for getting to the Elgin, and it's one that had quite a long run. So why don't you tell your experience with uh, How Did They Come, Gary? 
That was not a porno film, Gary. Oh, no, no, no. I went to see a Taj Mahal concert at Avery Fisher Hall, and the opening act was uh, The Harder They Come, the film. Wow. I saw that film. I said, holy, this is really a good film. It's no Cousin Cuisine. (laughs) 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 Uh, It was just a great film. I told you guys about it. I think you showed it on a Sunday, and it it was a Sunday, Monday, I think, Chuck. Yeah. But the and Sunday it was, was like was like like a record yeah. a record Sunday. It's one of yes. the tightest films ever made. It's brilliant with really such a great soundtrack. And, and then, then, then I worked as the manager for the bit that shift on yeah. it was Fridays. Yeah, and was, saw the end of it. God knows how many times. Fridays and Saturdays, Fridays. We, were, we were playing it, right. and actually. The theater went down. It was still playing. It, was, yeah. it had gone for over two years, Friday and Saturday at midnight. Yep. And who knows how you long know, it would have played. That so picture long. was from the first anniversary when Jimmy Cliff came to the right. theater. Well, we had that uh, first anniversary party right. when Jimmy Cliff it. came up yeah. Yeah, at uh, the Two Bears restaurant there. That's right. Yeah. And it was, a good, uh, it was a good deal. I mean, uh, New World that was uh, distributing that, got that coverage. And because of, uh, at that time, the, the mileage that the Elgin offered uh, through that, uh, I, they got a lot of bookings out of that too. So, and yeah. uh, uh, as an aside, which was terrific, because, you know, uh, Jimmy Cliff has got to be right now, uh, mid, late seventies. About three years ago, they were doing free concerts up in Central Park and he was one of them. Right. And uh, Nancy and I went up and saw it. I mean, we really couldn't get close to him. It was amazing because here this guy, at that time he was probably 70 odd years, and he was doing backflips. I mean, the guy is amazing. And he had everybody eating out of the palm of his hand. He is such a wonderful performer. He's a terrific performer. Yeah. Yeah. That was really... uh... You know, great to, to have that to have that experience. I remember at the party that the, the King Schnur of New York, Earl Wilson, came because we had free booze oh, and food. <laughs> yeah, a real Schnur. But at least he wrote something about the party. And that, well, that was that's that's, what the, you, that's that was what he was there for. Yeah, that's a you know a great uh, job for an alcoholic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Get me to the next party, and I can spread that around. I, now it's all. Now it's all different about how uh, you know the, the word gets out or whatever. Maybe we can talk. is publicity. I seem to remember. That's it. And we should also yeah. talk a little bit about uh, you know Marvel film news. Oh and, man! And then uh, movie watch. I mean, you were involved with all of that. Yeah, you were a, a trifecta winner with us. You got oh, in the barrel with all three of them. Yes. I mean, actually, seriously, the Marvel doing that kind of like that was what I did for the you know once. I decided to actually go to work, Uh, (laughs) you know, but when I worked for unions, I mean, it was only, well, I went to the Chelsea Clinton news after theater closed and it was designed. What was that guy's name? Bob Trent Lyon. Trent Lyon, that's right. You know, if it hadn't been for the marble, I would never have discovered that I loved newspapers. I would never have known it. I always saw Ben Hecht in you. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I, I, it was, you know, didn't know, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I, mean, I, I was always fascinated. It was like something out of a, uh, a thirties B movie. You'd get all the crap done and you'd have the layouts and stuff. And 
you like scoop them up and you go down to some crazy lady you found, print oh, them. Forget his name. Yeah, they that did was, it. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing, which, you know, this is something that uh, we really uh, pulled out of the fire. I don't know how we did it, but uh, they had somebody from the Postal Service as an inspector come in and we had to prove to them that we right. are an actual newspaper and we got second class. Second postage. class. Right. Right. I mean, this was amazing. I mean, uh, it was like we were running around like Mickey well, Rooney and Judy Garland but, trying to but, put a show together. But we you had know something that really was, it actually, had, it, except for the centerfold, it was all stories. It yeah, was a yeah, newspaper. Yeah. Now, the thing is, we had to get people to, to sign that they had subscribed to it. That's how we, yeah. uh, but just remember, there's no limitation on the, uh, on fraud, so it's <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean we had some subscribers. And we, yeah, yeah. You know, we did really good stuff. Yeah. Yep. There were articles in there <laughs> that could have been in any newspaper or magazine hey, about the industry. Right. Where is uh, Andrew Mikowski when we need him? Well, did he die? Is yes. he dead? Yeah, he's yes. been dead for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he died in a revolving door. What does that mean? That was a long involved story, but sadly he was working at Tower Records because they used him as a classicist. He was late for an appointment at the attorney. They were doing divorce stuff and he uh, was rushing out and he had a massive coronary while he was oh. going through the revolving door to get a cab to go up to lawyers yeah. of it. Uh, Nancy and Chuck and I had just visited him in his small little studio apartment in a village about a week before that happened. He's another one in the sense that was a, a triple threat because, you know, you, you, you had him do stuff for the uh, marble. And then he also had uh, stuff that he was doing with uh, with uh, Movie Watch. He had all right. that film. He also had all that. Well, yeah, he, he, he gave us a lot of the film for us yeah. to use for the Elgin and Elgin related stuff. So he was gracious enough to give that to us. Yes. With the marble, since you were like the the uh, the maestro, the maestro. How did you decide on uh, what's going on, and uh, what do you want to go on? Or, I have no uh, idea. We, the idea okay. was that we, we we would have a, this would be our program. This would be a program. Program and make it broader than just the right. program. But the idea of it was to get it out there so people could could see yeah. the, you know, well, the upcoming movies. It then grew from that to the point that we were having lots of people writing for us. We were actually legitimately getting letters we got the oh thing. yeah i mean this was just you know it was was, was happening i wrote hey, something hey. about them censoring uh kurt vonnegut and yeah. some yeah and he wrote letter. back and he wrote to me and i yeah. I, I lost that letter <laughs> oh jesus christ <laughs> along with all my marbles uh, these and, uh, and uh, when we moved yeah. here to penn south that's when i lost oh, boy. Uh, but i want to nail it down uh, i i believe it's true uh, weren't you the one that wanted to put uh, Joe Davies uh, yes. naked for the New Year? <laughs> well, he was the New Year's baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I found this box. So I was going to show you Edwin walking into the theater like the King of Hearts. Ah, here's another one. It's Louis Chino. Chino. Oh, Chino. Chino. Yeah, Louis Barreto. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gone. Yeah, he actually died of AIDS. You know, injecting. Um, so let's talk a little about the uh, movie watch. 
because you were involved in that, and also, of course, last century communications, which uh, that was the last century. That, that was that the was last what, century. What memories stand out? What stands out there? There are a couple. I mean, I you know, I remember I did camera. That's all I did. Right. Uh, the time that um, whoever called and told Tony Roberts, a <laughs> schmuck or a nebbish or a yeah, no, it was, it was stronger than nebbish. Yeah, yeah. like saying, saying to him, "Why do you always play the schmuck or something?" Right. <laughs> when uh, yeah, what's his had... name argued with Robert Altman. Um, oh yeah, that was John Simon when Altman yeah, called Simon. him. That was that and, was, uh, that was, that was Robert Altman was still drinking, and that's when he called him a a cockmarked Jew fairy. <laughs> I, uh, oh, Nancy's yeah. review of Pussy Talk was yeah. always a standout. Oh, yeah. 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 One uh, of the times Nancy was uh, reviewing one of those classic uh, adult films. Uh, yeah, Pussy Talk. That, wasn't yeah. that the movie? Oh, I don't I remember. I think was that was the, the name of the movie. Yeah. But she, uh, well, of course, you know, the reviews, because it was such a, 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 a stellar weekly show. Uh, a lot of the uh, porno distributors would use quotes. So there was a porno film that she had reviewed and they uh, handed out, you know, uh, press kits to uh, the places. And the drive-in movie theater in her our hometown in Pennsylvania, down in Belfont, you know, State College, Pennsylvania, all of a sudden in the local daily paper, it says, this is one of the best adult films of the year or something. And it says Nancy Keller. <laughs> Movie watch. Movie watch. We should have yeah. sold ads to porn films. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Elgin was like being in a family oh, with Jesus all the bullshit Christ. and all the, the, the yeah, love yeah. and all the hate yeah. and all the anger. I mean, it was right. like working in a place that was... Um, it was more than just a job. It was more than a job. I mean, Christ, yeah. who would work there if it was just okay. a job? That's what I went for, was for as a job. I needed some money. Yeah. And, and, and through Andrew, I got it. And, and it was like, when I was a doorman, it was $2 an hour. And when I was an usher, it was $1.85 an hour. Yeah. And I was doing it for the money. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it, it was. And I'll tell you, when I worked at the Chelsea Clinton News for the five years, it was like right. that, too. I mean, it was more than a job. It was like right. being, you know, being with people you enjoy being with. Right. The fact that you know it has a place in in, in people's lives, and 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 they usually talk about the fact that it was a sense of a family yep. experiencing, you know, things for the first time. And it wasn't just the movies. It was also the, all the sharing of books. Someone would read a book and then give it to well, someone yeah. passing around the book. The one on subliminal seduction was a, <laughs> I Wil real well. Wilson Brian Keys. Yeah, that's like the the phone number. I remember. <laughs> you know, and like things like Thanksgiving, where oh yeah, you didn't have to go to your family. You could actually go to somebody's apartment all day on your breaks. I mean, it was so much better and yeah. no stress. You know, seriously, I mean, it, it really was a good thing. People have talked about it being a, a way of working that they kept looking for the rest of their lives, judging, you know, what they were doing. The softball team and then the... the softball the, team and Judge Wright. That's right. I be there every, every day. I told, um, one day I told Keith Wright about it. He said, yeah, he used to love to go to 
Central, Central Park. Park on those Sundays. Yeah. Ways. Yeah. We did all those pickup games with people of different ages and different backgrounds and whatever. And it was a lot of fun. And we had T-shirts. Yeah. Well, we had, yeah. We, because we actually played games against other institutions. It was a lot of that stuff. It was, you know, of course, it was easier when things were going well. But, you know, economics, you know, impacted it, and, you know. The boiler breaking down and the AC going or whatever or twenty-five cents for senior citizens. Oh yeah, that 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 we heard a lot about that. How are you? How are you? Oh yeah. Impact you know, some that. of them people. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the payback on, on the fact that we did that twenty-five cents senior citizens. They should give me a break now. If yeah. I ever go to the movies again, I don't know. But it was like it was uh, that whole it was a great publicity thing. We got TV coverage. It was nuts all for, uh, you know, for doing that. And then the people came. Steve, what's her name? The one who wrote for the Village Voice who did that final article. She's still alive. She's like 85. I'm trying to read. Yeah. Um, her mother used to live here. Yeah, um, yeah. She did the story of her mother going to the Elgin. And then she ended up doing the, the final story of the Elgin that ran the Village Voice. That was really an interesting thing about her mother would, you know, knit things for people and love to sit and talk. You know who else you could talk to is Hoberman, uh, Jim Hoberman. Oh, Jim Hoberman, yes, of course. I mean, I can, I, I probably have his number. If not, I can. Yeah, well, put put out the word. That. that would be nice to talk to him because he was active at that time too, right? He was yeah. right. So, and, and he he was writing for the Voice also at that time. Yeah, he was like yeah, the second really. film critic. And then talking to people lately about us showing the murder of Fred Hampton with Howard Ork, the filmmaker, and whatever, and how that opened up. And then also a lot of the benefits we did we have for organizations that come in. We wouldn't we wouldn't charge anything. We just asked them to get out of there, and, and most of them would on time. But you know, all it was like nothing. No organization was too radical. To get, no, not at all. The I'm trying to remember what the um, the film with Fred Hampton was. The murder of Fred Hampton. Right, but then we showed two films. Oh, what we played with it. Right. Co- yeah, that was always the uh, one of my favorite double bills was um, Women in Love and um, The Devils. Oh, yeah, that, that did really well. <laughs> so Women in Love is two two women, two men, and there's a nude wrestling scene with the two men, Alan Bates and the other guy. <laughs> so we were getting all the women and all the gay men who'd come to see the film. So that's why it would sell. And then The Devils has this torture scene with, it's with Vanessa Redgrave that is so awful that people would kind of get nauseous and run out and puke. Great double bill. Yeah. And there'd be, li- and there'd be lines to get in. <laughs> this wasn't like you played something and like there's 15 people in the theater. First, the first, I think, midnight show, All Nighter, I think that it was a Marx Brothers. Yeah, for, for Marx and, Brothers. And people were lining down towards 8th Avenue. Yeah. And then instead of making the turn, they were actually going across 8th Avenue, standing in the fucking street, yeah. on 18th Street. You know, but we, we pioneered uh, putting on, on, the, on the box office the condition of the bad print so people before they bought the ticket knew what they were getting into. And also yeah. the, the double ticket rolls so that we could, yeah. that was fun. Yeah. They used to come and check us. That was always interesting. <laughs> 
Those were the days. Uh, yeah, I think but, one of the things that I was responsible for was the answering <laughs> machine in the ticket booth. Oh. Because it used to get so crazy and people would be calling and you'd be <laughs> handling money. I said, can't do this. And the answering machine went on. And then we used to do trips. Like we went to the Arboretum once, twice. As people talked about the okays of being able to get into other theaters and see films for nothing. That was a good, that was a really good deal too. Yeah, you know? I mean, I was... going back to last century, the film that I the one that I did on on my friend the painter, I had sold some VCRs of it. I gave one to the Harlem the Studio Museum, but this woman got a hold of it, and years later, maybe four or five years ago, we went maybe less. Ellie and I went to Philadelphia to see a retrospective. And she walks through a room, she says, I think they're showing your movie there. <laughs> so wow. I, I said to the- And who is this painter? Norman Lewis. After he died, he sells pretty high now. And you knew him from Chelsea? I had a roommate when I first moved into, um, on 8th Avenue from wel Welfare Department. And then he worked at How You Act. And Norman was teaching there. And then Norman started coming down to our apartment on Fridays to take a shower because he was living in what's now the state office building. No showers, <laughs> just the things. And we'd play poker and Romare Bearden would come. I mean, it was quite an interesting poker night. Wow. And we became friends. So uh, what happened when you discovered So I tell, I tell the kid and then I called the museum and we went through a whole thing and they ended up giving me $1,000 and a bunch of other shit, you know, because the woman who gave him the video had no right to give it to them. To right. And yeah. then it showed on CBS Sunday morning about 15 or 20 seconds. So they gave me money too. So how many years later? Um, 10, 20, 30, 35 years later or so. So this was on when Chuck and I bought time and we did Last Century Presents. Yeah. And that was like the thing that John did on... Uh, the crazy uh, politician, John Antici did a film. What John Antici did was a film on the 1913 silk strike in Patterson. Right. And it was a two-parter. It was an hour. They went in, a, he and he did it with Anthony Former. They actually went into a, on a, in a helicopter. I don't know who paid for it. And I was looking for Antici for a long time because I would really like to see it. And I know somebody who would there's a labor museum oh. in Patterson that well, would we love. have, uh, we have, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is oh, disintegrated. On it disintegrated the, the videotapes. They have. Well, mine did. I mean, it was, you know, there was splotches and they, you know, they deteriorates. So. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we should have digitized a lot of this stuff. Who knew a few yeah. years ago uh, at a Metro event, Metro labor communications at, at 1199, the guy from the uh, Carl Ginsburg from the nurses union yes. hired the video crew and the video crew was Anthony. Yeah. I yeah that was, you know, I talked to him for a while. I talked to Betty on the phone, but that was it. That was the, you know, I wonder how their kid is. How many years later is this? Yeah. 30 years. 30, right. 10, almost 40. Yeah. Yeah. Our kids are in their fucking mid forties. Our older ones. He said that he she worked with him. So I guess for whatever you know. Yeah. And wasn't uh, 
what was his wife? Uh, Betty. Betty, yeah. Wasn't Betty. his wife a, uh, a distant relative of Deborah Gordon? Mm, I don't know. That might be. That might ring a bell. Yeah. Either, yeah. Or they were very close friends. Yeah. Couldn't be but, both. You know, uh, you know, you have have to worry. Uh, I hope they didn't plaster him into the wall. I always wondered whatever happened to Kim Halsey. Yeah, he's he's the missing link in all of this stuff. Right. Everybody we ask about, uh, ask to, uh, to about, I can't speak English anymore, but <laughs> no knows what happened to him. And Donna Gelati, all of a sudden her last I name. Used to, I used to see her because she worked in her friend's uh, Native American store. Oh, no, that was the other Donna. Oh, oh, Gelati. Oh, I thought you were yeah, no, Not DiMaggio. Not DiMaggio. Gelati, yeah, I know. The tall one. Yeah. Go into uh, production because there was a Donna Gelati that was involved with uh, film production a number of years ago. And Myron. And I, I, Myron, unfortunately, I gave him my card, but I never got any uh, phone number for him because he he lives up there, and he had told me that you know his now has an adult son. And they had gone down to Philadelphia, uh, the two of them, and uh, because they were obsessed with some obscure film. And it was playing down there. And when they went to sit down, who was sitting next to them but Al Malmfeld? Whoa. Yeah, he was, so, I knew him, but he was before my time a little bit, you know? Yeah. I didn't really know him. I knew him, but I didn't know him. Well, he Ben made the deal and he ended up moving to Philly and taking over the. Uh, it was the theater, theater of the Living Arts down there, and he moved. But there's a guy who lives here who used to run that theater in Huntington that did uh, classic films. Well, he must be related to the guy here who Poli, yeah, P O L I, because his father ran the uh, uh, the art cinema out in Huntington. Yeah, he must so be. So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe this guy. Uh, by you, I assume he's a senior citizen. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> twelve years old. Actually, he's twelve. No, he's yeah. probably around seventy. Mark. Mark yeah. Okay. Um, so then, pro probably he was a partner with this guy, who is uh, uh, Bruce Poli's father. He's seventy. He's a young guy. Yeah, <laughs> young guys, right? <laughs> what the fuck happened? I know, right? <laughs> you know what? You know, you look pretty good, Chuck. Well. Yeah, right. yeah you do. You look. I mean, I haven't seen you at all. Yeah, well, I was. I I, I wasn't looking too great there for a while. Well, that's what, that's yeah. what they told me. But I, but I, you know, I came back. I have color. I, you know, put back some of the twenty-five pounds I lost. And he's got and, a John Bolton mustache. Well, that, that goes right. without saying. And uh, yeah, so it's. Uh, oh, you look good. It just you know it's, keep keeping. Now, now you mentioned helps. did he work on Movie Watch? Did Bolton Who, work on John movie? Bolton? No, he's you know. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. No, that was John Bosley who just celebrated his birthday. Yeah. Year. Oh, I uh, just emailed with Bosley and yeah. also with uh, Four Finger Dave. You remember his friend Dave? No, Dave Owen. Yeah. Who had missing one finger from a mine accident? Blondish. Um, yeah, wow. He, that's, um, that's only about the. Well, he lives in New years. Zealand. He's been in New yeah. Zealand forever. He's had 
He's already been through it. Had he's on his second marriage and kids, but he comes here and he stays here when he comes oh. to, to New York. Um, he stays oh. with you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh. why not? You want me to tell you? Want me to tell you a, a story? <laughs> Remember, this is being recorded. <laughs> I won't tell the story. Okay. <laughs> Just a, if that's, you're uh, if you can't tell the story, maybe you can hum a few bars. <laughs> now that's that's Nancy's review. Yeah. All right, we, we should thank well, you. Yeah, right. you having fun. Yeah, so, it's fun. I mean, I, you know, we could just talk forever. I don't. So, so Steve wants know, to if, ask you a question. If, okay. If, you know, Harry, I know you said you know you just did the camera and stuff, but if you really think that uh, for you know a really kind of like mom and pop uh, operation. We got to use Automation House. It yeah. was a phenomenal place. And, and the production value of the shows were terrific. Uh, especially yes. the guy who, when we had, I think, uh, I don't know who we had on, but it was uh, a movie he was in. And the guy kept calling in and we didn't have one of those uh, 10 second delays. And he, I remember Chuck was interviewing him. And he said, yeah, I really liked the, his movie, it was uh, Bang the Penis Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> this guy called up with all the scatological things right. he could think of. So, you know, you, you said Automation House. So my That's labor. Ted Keel. But my, yeah, Ted Keel. So my labor archive is at the Ted Keel uh, Library in Cornell now. Yeah, very good. Is they got that what he some is? ideas of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nice place, automation house. Oh yeah, it was. It yeah. was crazy. We really had a, a. It was good. It was nice place to you know have your, you know, whatever celebrities we had come in there be interviewed, yeah. have the thing. And Robert Altman. Yeah. Um, well, you can't beat Jim Plattick, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> These, the, the names, I'm telling you. Uh -huh. If you could put together a, a, a uh, uh, two films to play as a double feature that would represent or encapsulate your feeling about what the Elgin was to you, what would those two films wow. be? You can come back in a week. Let me come back with that. I, the harder they come would probably be one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, Understandably. He probably put pink flamingos with it. <laughs> no, uh, maybe it's maybe a, 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 a Fellini film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. You always, uh, you and I talk about Fellini. You know, the thing that I said to Chuck one time, maybe you had an extra ticket or something, but you and Marie took me up to uh, Avery Fisher Hall because you were seeing Jean Pierre Rampal, the floatist. And uh, I went with you guys. I don't remember and that I, at all. I don't know I, what happened. I think you stuck by the theater or something. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I heard of that guy. He's yeah, the flutist, the flautist. The flutist, you know, the flautist. There's a man I know in, in Paris who does, he's an artist, and he does graphic no novels. And a lot of times he works with Jodorowsky, who does the writing. Who? And he does, Jodorowsky. Alejandro you know, Jodorowsky, El Topo. El Topo. Wait a minute! I thought he—I uh, thought he was eighty-six. No, no, no. He's alive. He's—he lives in Paris, and you know, he got 
you know, he ended up the the scene in El Topa was an actual rape. I don't know if you all saw that stuff, but uh, turned out it was an actual rape. Okay, well, it just so came out about in the last. We're not going to send Ian over with you to film an interview with Hodorowsky. I mean, I could do it the next time we go if he's still alive. Yeah. Put it on Actually, an iPhone. We could put uh, Hodorowsky together with Polanski and they could have some there you fun. Go. Yeah. Well, I remember when Hodorowsky spoke at the theater and someone gave him a hamburger from that, that discount place that was on 20th for a while. You know, and he didn't take it as an insult or anything. He just took it and he did this whole, you know, riff on it or whatever, and then and then later unwrapped it and took a bite at it. And then he dropped dead. Exactly. I God, do you remember some of those awful places <laughs> that we got food from? Uh, oh my know. God. But some of them were good. And some of them were good. Meet Janita. Oh yeah. Janita so, was wonderful. I miss it. So when Gary, so when Gary went to, uh, I don't know where you went. It was Marvel or whatever. You called us up and asked us if we wanted anything, and we said we want stuffed derma. And I brought, I brought we it. Brought, we brought back the stuffed derma, yeah. and Mama Cat went oh. crazy. <laughs> oh, she was just a lunatic. Well, she, she, I, I don't know. She was acting as if it was still alive. She was slapping it with a paw, knocking it all over the place. She wasted it. And that was when Chuck would eat that. That's right. God, you, you, I mean, yeah. gee, Chuck. You remember what I would eat? <laughs> anything. <laughs> and everything. And everything. Omnivore. Yeah. Uh, what, what about the, what was the name of the guy? We'd send him over to the East Village to pick up calzones and pizza and everything. I know who you mean, but I don't remember who it was. People would be, people were bringing food from all over the city. There, was, there wasn't that much. I, to, can, still, uh, I can still remember uh, Larry Fywell and John uh, Abel uh, going over, uh, thinking that it must have been some kind of uh, Harris Hemingway thing, having drinks at El Tropical Bar together. I used to talk to the guy, the, the son of the guy who owned it all the time. Yeah. You know, he was a he was a nice he was a very nice guy, and now it's uh, we could uh, sixteen handles. Get, I don't know if you if you oh, would so go with us, but uh, Cafe Rest one forty two. Yeah, mm -hmm. Cafe one forty two. Yeah, <laughs> we'd go Cafe there, Rest. Have the, they have the Cuban snacks that they would make for us. Yeah. Going there drinking afterwards. The local gringos that would come in and wondering what the hell are they doing here at midnight? And they had that um. That machine with the disc where you, it's like a bowling alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, that, yeah. I love that thing. That was great. <laughs> it's crazy. Really crazy. We should do this again. This is fun. Yeah. But yeah. you guys haven't lived until you uh, ate at Bright's and had their oxtail ragu. Oh, yeah. That's oh. when I had the first meal with Bright's Steve. was so disgusting. I, Have you I, talked to Lido on this? Uh, no. I've been communicating him, you know, electronically. Both Lido's. His brother is in uh, in Atlanta. But anyway, yeah. So there's there's there are people that that is that are still out there. You talk to Abel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He, uh, he's what about Zagari? Is that his name? Well, Zagari, back in the film days, ten years ago. But we have to. We we'll have to try to resurrect him. He used to work on Twenty Third and Eighth. Yeah. Oh. 
I think we should thank Gary for this and definitely yeah. let's schedule another time. Any listen, I got nowhere to go for the most part. I I have a few meetings every week and that's about it. Yeah. I don't think when we ask for these double features that anyone's ever gonna say Zachariah and two hundred motels though. Or the Sargasso C one. <laughs> yeah. Cousin cuisine. Oh yeah. Oh you, oh, yeah. It's a toe you, you whipped that one out. <laughs> all right, Gary. All right, well, all right. thank you. And thank uh, you. this is great. There we go. There we go. Okay. All right. We'll be in touch. But remember, there's a new episode of Elgin Movie Watchers podcast every Monday. So please subscribe and like us. Follow us on Twitter at Elgin Movie, Instagram at Elgin Movie Watchers, and on Facebook at Elgin Movie Watchers Podcast. That's easy for you to say. Well, that's why I want everyone to have a pen and pen paper to take notes during the, the, okay. the program. But, all right, everybody. We'll see you all next time. Next time.